Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our delightful salmon-shirted, bearded, embedded co-host, Kyle. Kyle and I are joined this week by a delightful co-host who we will allow to introduce uh, himself when we start. That's not a sentence uh, in grammatical terms, but I think it conveyed the point. Uh, he will introduce himself. He will introduce his topic. We will discuss his topic. We will debate it vigorously. We will shape it in the fires of hell into a top 10 list of that topic. And by the end of this episode, we will have, in our minds at least, a definitive top 10 list. So Kyle, so special guest, what are we talking about today? Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, this is Daniel. I'm really excited to be back on the podcast. Um, and you know, the, the first time I was on, did like kind of a traditional list of time travel movies, which I got a, you know, little bit of input, but you know, and you let me kind of craft that one on my own. Second time I came, we, we talked about sidekicks and I think that had a little bit more back and forth, which was really good. But uh, for this one, I actually was really inspired by Jerry's recent one on where you guys did a draft. Um, and so I thought that would be fun to do. So, Mike, sorry to kind of kill your intro that there probably won't be, <laughs> you know, vigorous debate, in the, you know, in the pits of hell. But <laughs> and so so what I guess. The, so the, my, my thought for a, a really good draft would be Bill Murray movies. Oh, that's a great call. My my daughter was recently watching Rushmore, and I was just thinking about like all the great Bill Murray moments. So I guess that's the first thing that I wanted to set up with you guys. Do we want to keep this as Bill Murray movies, where he is the starring role, or can it just be overall performances in a movie? That was going to be my first question. I don't have a, <laughs> a pat answer, but that is my question as well. Kyle, what do you think? I can think of a couple of movies where Bill Murray isn't necessarily like the star of the movie but he like is such an like i don't know like to me there are a couple movies that i I wouldn't consider him top billing but i would still consider like top 10 bill murray performances that's kind of why i was leaning a little bit more towards performances yeah i think that's the right way to do it for him especially like late career bill murray where he is such a great guest star so i I think i think i'm pro uh performances yeah i'm okay if you're cool with that daniel yeah, absolutely. I'm good with that. And then I guess the other thing is just to understand the the draft a little bit better. So there's three of us. How do you get to 10 again? Somebody gets hosed. I think that... Okay. Well, somebody... somebody as long as... Whoever starts at 10 will get 10, 7, 4, and 1, right? So I think... So okay. then I think it's a definite Daniel should get the, the 10th pick, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then somebody will get... Nine, six, and three, and then someone will get eight, five, and two. So that's that's okay. perfect. Me and Michael each get three picks, and you'll get four because you're the creator of the list. Okay, sounds good. Well, then should I start off with top, with the uh, number ten? Yeah, that would that's make a great me place very to start. Happy. I'm actually happy with this because there's one that I didn't know. It doesn't necessarily need to be higher up on the list, and and but a, a good one that I don't know if either of you have seen, but I'm going to go with Quick Change. Have you ever, either of you ever seen that one? I don't know that one. I don't know that one. Uh, It's, I'd have to place it in time. I'm not sure. I think it might be kind of back in the, in the eighties. It was maybe late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Oh, 1990. It's got him and Gina Davis and Randy Quaid. Oh, um, sold. 
he's a he's kind of like a a bank robber, and they're they're his his group of teammates, and it's just yeah, it there's you know Randy Quaid's kind of the the idiot tag along. You know, Gina Davis is pretty sharp. It starts out with a a bank robbery where Bill Murray's dressed as a clown and and has one of like the great lines where the security guard says, you know, what kind of clown are you anyway? And Bill Murray goes, crying on the inside kind, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's got it's and it's got a couple like not Ocean Eleven level twists, but it's got a few little you know moments where you know little shakeups and and curves in the in the road. So. It's yeah, it's overall pretty funny. It's got some good lines and and just worth checking out. So I was I'm happy to bring that up and and maybe put it in the consciousness of a few people as something to go check out. Well, it's definitely now like officially on my watch list. That sounds great. I <laughs> this is if you there's another movie that I hope we'll be talking about with Bill Murray and Randy Quaid in it. But I like I would like to see like that's kind of a fun a fun grouping. I'll definitely be watching this soon. Cool. So who's going? Who's going next in the draft? We didn't resolve that. We should probably flip a coin or something because, like, whoever gets this next pick is going to get a little bit hosed because, like, they're going to get nine, six, and three, and the other person will get numbers above it. So I uh, feel like I should take this one because I think Kyle, you are a more knowledgeable Bill Murray fan than I am. So I want to take. I want to take this one. Okay. How do you feel about that? That's fine with me. Okay. All right, I want to take for number nine, and I hope I'm not putting this too low. I'm now curious. I don't know how people think of this movie, uh, so I may be way underrating it. But I want to pick at number nine, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I was just looking at uh, Bill Murray's IMDb, and I didn't forget, I guess, but I underrated (laughs) just how many Wes Anderson movies he's in. And so I kind of want to make sure that the, like, second tier of Wes Anderson movies that he's in gets properly represented because and I don't want to spoil or step on it because there might be others that get selected but Life Aquatic is a movie that has kind of gotten lost in time but Bill Murray plays basically a uh, Jacques Cousteau type who (laughs) is trying to find the shark that killed his friend (laughs) and he's just very ridiculous and wearing a really silly outfit the whole movie and he's wearing that red hat right like the whole movie yeah it's just, it's such a great Bill Murray role. It's so deeply weird. And somehow his combination of weirdness and uh, dramatic chops makes you kind of forget how weird the movie is. Like, he's just that it's, good. He's one of the few people who could have pulled this movie off. It's a great pick. It was one that, <clears throat> if you hadn't picked it, I probably would have snagged it later on. It didn't hit with me the first time. My wife and I are huge Wes Anderson film uh, fans. So we weren't, you know, it's, but there's that breakdown of like, yeah, he's got kind of smaller roles and a lot of them, Mm -hmm. but this one, you know, he headlines. And to me, there's like, I, when I think of Bill Murray, I think of just like these little moments in the movies where he just, just makes almost the whole movie in, in, in one shot. And, and there's two in that one that I love. One is, when when asked like they've got the headsets and they listen to the the radio and he's just he's being interviewed and he just kind of it's got like old 70s antenna and he's just kind of like sitting there just kind of listening to it you know in front of everybody (laughs) i actually know i can i can picture what you're saying right now it's a good part and then the other moment was when owen wilson announces that he's gonna punch him and then he just (laughs) he just rears back and punches owen wilson he's like (laughs) 
<laughs> Never tell you somebody you're going to punch them. <laughs> He's so good. So yeah, that's a that's a good pick. It's grown on me over time for sure. Repeat yeah. viewings. It's just it's it's such a the movie itself. Like I think is good. It's definitely not the best Wes Anderson, but it's it anything it is it is because of Bill Murray really. Well, there's some good Jeff Goldblum in there too, though. That is true. <laughs> I need to see this. I've I've seen a lot of Wes Anderson, but not this one. So it's, it's definitely it's definitely like if you're going through like the Francis Ford Coppola films. It's it's not quite at the like Godfather conversation apocalypse now. It's like that second sort of tier of films of a great filmmaker that you want to go to, but it's still really good. It's yeah, it's quirkier, but it's yeah. it's got its moments. Cool. All right. Well then, I'm going to use this pick to be a bit of a not a homer, I guess, but like this movie has a special place for me and I think people of our generation. So I think it bears mentioning. I'm going to pick Space Jam. <laughs> Great call. And the reason is twofold. One is that this was my introduction to Bill Murray. And so like as weird and like stupid as it is, like because this was the first movie I saw him in and because I saw this movie a hundred times, like Bill Murray is now forever for me, the guy from Space Jam, like as dumb as that is like that's just how the way that the sequence was and i think that for a i lot, love when that happens when you have like a great actor who for some reason that's their thing it does happen yeah it's like why most people know like bike ditka is only from seeing kicking and screaming like obviously like stuff like that and so i think people our age or younger like oftentimes their introduction to bill murray is space jam and the second thing is that he plays himself like <laughs> like he very like it's a he power very, move he very easily could have just played like michael jordan's like like not talented friend but like he insists on like that for some reason he's playing bill murray and we've always i think we've talked about this before mike like in the olympics they should always have somebody that's doing the events side like by, next to the actual athletes that's like a regular yes. person for scale like so you can see <laughs> like that's why bill murray's in this movie like to like like you know how great michael jordan is but it helps to have him there to kind of like really emphasize how great he is yeah and so <laughs> for those reasons i'm putting space jam at number eight <laughs> for those reasons i'm out yeah <laughs> Do you, do you have high hopes for the Space Jam sequel with LeBron? I'm in the camp of like, like I there's no disputing like LeBron's greatness, but I don't know. I think that like this is like a weird line they've crossed by making a Space Jam movie with him in it. <laughs> Space Jam is a sacred text, but I will say this. If anybody hasn't seen the movie Trainwreck. Oh, I was going to say. If, did, you, did both of you see Trainwreck? Mm -mm. I did. Okay, oh. so Kyle, LeBron, and now I'm going to ruin <laughs> this by, by hyping it. But when I heard LeBron was in the movie, I was like, oh, Jesus. It was kind of at the height of his being a little bit insufferable. It was, I, I just was not prepared for him to be good. It was before Kevin Garnett was really good in Uncut Gems. I just wasn't sure about an athlete kind of stunt casting. LeBron was legitimately laugh out loud hilarious every second he was on screen like the two biggest jokes that they did they they definitely depended on his being lebron one was him just 
absolutely dominating a one-on-one game with Bill Hader, which was hilarious. And the other was him being extremely cheap, like to the penny splitting costs with Bill Hader for a breakfast they shared. And like, it was ridiculous. And yes, mostly funny because he's LeBron, but he, he killed it. So like, I have a little bit of hope that he'll be able to do Space Jam yeah, well. I, I think he's probably a better actor than Michael Jordan. Probably. Which is not maybe saying that much. No. He's also probably not doing it just to get out of gambling debt, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's to say? So, uh, does that mean that we're at the point to cue some music? <sighs> you tell us. Uh, well, then I think Kevin should cue some of that stanky music. Perfect. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you, Daniel, for the queuing. Daniel lives for that queue. I feel like like you're always you're always like right on top of it after number eight. Yeah. Well, I you know I'm coming on to this. I got to respect the ground, the hell oh, ground do. I'm in. Not not mess with the rules. Understand the game. You know we appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. This one's a little. I, I don't know. I, I I guess the way I go is is pretty easy. Uh, Garfield, Garfield two. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bill Murray may have needed some money at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Although the Garfield thing, either of you watch Rick and Morty? Sparingly. Oh, oh, okay. There was a throwaway gag that made me so happy in, in Rick and Morty because there's this really weird thing that I, I figured I was the only one to ever notice or think about. And then they had it as a joke in Rick and Morty, <laughs> which was in the, in, in the, there was the Ghostbusters cartoon, which I watched a lot when Great I was Great show. Yes, it was actually pretty well written. Yeah. And and the guy who did the voice of Peter Venkman in the cartoon is this voice actor named Lorenzo Music, who also did the voice of Garfield in the Garfield cartoon. And Whoa. so so there's like this weird parallel between huh. that guy and Bill Murray that like he plays the voices in the cartoons and then Bill Murray is either the actor or, you know, it went one way in Ghostbusters yeah. and went the other way in Garfield. And it's just huh. kind of like this weird parallel universe thing. I so. do want to say though about Garfield that the movies were bad, but Bill Murray was the perfect casting as Garfield. It just didn't work, but he was a great pick. <laughs> I can't say that I've ever seen them. But <laughs> They're not good. The, I've seen, I saw yeah. the first one. I didn't see the second one, but uh, it was not good, but I still think that Bill Murray was a was a very interesting and smart casting for. Well, and I feel like there's some weird story on the internet, or like Bill Murray has made what I think is probably a joke claim that people have taken a serious that he didn't read the script and thought it was a movie about about the president Garfield. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious! I'm sure that's not true, but that's still funny. Well, I think he's you know just yeah. gave it as a throwaway answer and then people are like oh okay well wait you did the sequel too so like, yeah. well it fits the, the reason i think it, it works is because i'm i'm sure you guys have heard the stories that like the only way to book bill murray for a movie is to call his like he has a an answering service okay and you have you heard this no so like you call and it's like hello, this is the voicemail of uh, Bill Murray. Please leave a message. And you call and you say like, hey, we're offering you the role of such and such, and we're going to pay you $3 million. We need you to shoot for three weeks in this time. And then Bill Murray calls back and says, sure. And that's <laughs> it. And then you pray he shows up on. 
on set. If that's a real, this is now I'm sure it's a little bit exaggerated, but that's right. a well-known Hollywood sort of story huh. that has apparently been confirmed by a bunch of sources that that really is how he does it. So it's not impossible that he heard, we have you playing the title character in an adaptation of the life of Garfield. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I'll start okay. growing my mutton chops. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You guys seen um, Zombieland two? No, I have not. So there's there's like a great recurring like Bill Murray bit in those movies, and the post credit sequence in Zombieland two is like <laughs> it's Bill Murray and he's doing press for Garfield two, like he's <laughs> doing like an interview or oh like a podcast, God. and that's like when the zombie outbreak hits, and so like the person that's interviewing him like turns into a zombie, and it's like a ten not ten minute, it's like a two or three minute sequence of him like fighting out of a like a tv studio full of zombies like while doing press and there's all these cardboard cutouts of like garfield and Odie. like (laughs) it's really funny that's that sounds pretty good yeah it's definitely on my list i just haven't gotten to it yet yeah um can i mention uh not top certainly so i this is not so much about this one particular movie as it is about a sort of a phase of his career i want to take uh hyde park on hudson did either of you see this movie no, I haven't. So it's not a bad. It's actually not a bad movie. It's um, it's about pres. It's actually a presidential film, uh, FDR, and it's about Bill Murray plays FDR going to his vacation home, and uh, it's about his apparent affair with his cousin, like second cousin, and it, I think she's it's Laura Linney who plays the cousin that he's in love with, and it for me it just sort of uh, symbolizes a period of his career where he's tried to take dramatic roles that were not really up to his standard i think he's a really excellent dramatic actor but i for some reason and i don't maybe it's just his reputation he seems to me to do his best dramatic work in movies that are not billed as this is a drama like this is going to be a dramatic film he seems to do really good dramatic work in movies that sort of sit somewhere between comedy and drama yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of those. And so I, there were a couple movies in this period uh, where he turns in a good performance. The movie's fine, but it just never felt like it was capturing the best of what Bill Murray could be because he still is at this time. This is 2012 at the height of his powers. So that was one that I, I he's good. It's it's but it, it feels like it should have been more. Gotcha. Cool. Kyle, you got any to add? Are we the only one is, and it's not his fault. Like he's the probably the, like one of the two best parts of the That's movies. That's the theme, right? <laughs> this really we talked about it on one of our top screws pods. It was this Jim Jarmusch movie called The Dead Don't Die. Uh, mm. Did you see it? No, I did not hear good things about it. So I it was kind of interested, and then maybe it, even on your podcast heard not so great things. And it's like. Kind of, it's not really worth watching, in my opinion, but like Bill Murray is a fun part of it. And so, but overall, the movie I did not care for. But again, not his fault. <laughs> Have yeah. either of you guys ever seen them film Coffee and Cigarettes? Yes. So that's actually. We're not, are we going to talk about that? I. I don't plan to, but okay. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just you mentioned the Jim Jarmusch thing, and that was yeah. a a really weird, like early two thousands, very JJ ish film, uh, where it's just about coffee and cigarettes. It's a bunch of like the the I do pages describing it as vignettes 
um, about coffee and cigarettes and Bill Murray's in one of the segments. I'm looking at the casting right now. Roberto Benini, Stephen Wright, uh, Steve Buscemi, Iggy Pop, Tom Waits, <laughs> Kate Blanchett, Bill Murray. Like, it's a crazy cast. So there is definitely potential for that partnership. Just uh, according to your review, Kyle, not so great in uh, The Dead Don't Die. I'm sure I'm sure that they've worked in, in tandem successfully elsewhere, but that one I didn't like. Jim Jarmusch is kind of hit or miss for me. So yeah. He did that movie, The was it The Way of the Dog? Is that him? Yep. Yep, uh, that's that a good movie. I actually like that movie. Um, there was a one like a couple years ago that was or Ghost vamp- Dog. Sorry, Ghost yeah, Dog. Ghost Way of the Samurai. Yeah. Um, a vampire movie with Tom Hiddleston, Loki from the Marvel movies, and whoa, uh, Kate Blanchett or somebody. I can't remember who the woman was. And they're, I yeah, the only you know was only it only lovers left, left alive? Yes. Okay, I've not seen this, but I'm on IMDb. That's actually really good. That's a good Jim Jarmusch movie in my book. Oh, that's a good so. cast. It also has John Hurt, Mia Wasikowska, Jeffrey Wright, and Anton Yelchin. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Damn. Tilda Swinton, that's right. It yeah. wasn't Kate Blanchett, it's Tilda Swinton. Um, it's, it's fine. We don't. This yeah. podcast, you are not required to know the difference between <laughs> Tilda Swinton and Kate Blanchett on this podcast. Because I can tell you, I if if I have ever referenced either of them on this podcast before, I'm sure I said the wrong one. I'm certain <laughs> of it. <laughs> Cool. So we out of the non-top? I guess so. That's it. So we're on to seven, right? That's correct. Yes. I, I'm i going to go with Royal Tenenbaums. Mm. So again, getting a little more Wes Anderson representation. Not a huge role for Bill Murray in this one. So uh, since we're doing performances, <laughs> he plays, uh, I think, a psychologist called uh, Raleigh St. Clair. I don't know. Have you both seen <laughs> Royal yes. Tenenbaums? And... And just, <laughs> I'm looking at the picture of him right now. It's just making me giggle looking at him. And and it's almost like I, I feel like you know the professor part of like Ghostbusters, where he's clearly like somewhat smart and doing research. It's like a, an older version of that, where he's because he's got that one kid that he's bringing around everywhere into like even into these family situations who's got like all these weird psychological issues that have never been documented before and he's just like experimenting on the kid in the middle of a scene and like it'll just be like fascinating because you know? <laughs> like, i can't remember like kid you know it's like the kid can't you know has some sensory issues or whatever and just they they mind that for humor but mostly he's just kind of hanging around in the background but it's 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 that kind of solid Bill Murray performance that just adds to every scene he's in. I'm looking through the still photos of the Royal Tenenbaums and just giggling at the different scenarios that Ra- did you say Raleigh St. Clair? Yes. Is in. He's so he's really good in this movie. Yeah. And he like Gwyneth Paltrow like is married to him? Is that what? I think she's I think she's like married to him and then leaves him. I should know better than this, but that rings a bell. I'm not I don't I'm not 100% sure that was the arrangement, but that does kind of ring a bell. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what his attachment into the whole thing is. So. Yeah. Anyhow. Man, what a Kyle, did you see? No, but Royal Tenenbaums? What a cast. Holy Moses. You haven't seen, That's a, that feels oh like gosh. a you movie. I know. I it turns out I need to just like get get down to filling in my Wes Anderson gaps it seems. Maybe I'll do a, a, a double feature with this in the Life Aquatic. Yeah, there you go. Cool. So then on to Mike. 
for number six? Yeah. All right, number six, I'm going to take a, a little film called Kingpin. I thought as much. <laughs> so similarly, I'm like, this is actually kind of a fun exercise. I'm on IMDb right now. And the viewers, you can't see it, but I highly recommend you Google. What the hell is his name in this? It's like um, Rickers Boff or Eckers something. Now I got to look to make sure I get the name. McCracken. Ernie, Ernie McCracken. McCracken. <laughs> and I'm looking at the photo of him with his disgusting stringy hair. He's all sweaty and he's holding the ball with the the bowling ball with the rose in it. Um, <laughs> so he's he's a he start he's like he teaches the hustling, right? That's that's how they meet each other, right? Is he's Yeah. Do I, they hustle they hustle him? I think he beats him at a tournament. Yeah, Woody Harrelson beats him at a tournament, and then to like take his revenge, they like go and hustle at some bowling alley, and he, he like knows that it's a rough crowd, and he like kind of leaves him, right? Yeah, and then doesn't he put? Isn't he put um sugar in his gas tank so he can't drive away? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But he plays like. But at any rate, for the listeners, this is a movie. It's a. It is probably the only bowling movie like <laughs> big time bowling movie and bill murray plays this complete a-hole like very full of himself bowler named ernie mccracken and he's just way way too into bowling and it's i don't know i, I this is this is another role that i i actually can't imagine anybody but bill murray playing it well being like a villainous bowling player requires like <laughs> <laughs> like like a certain amount of uh like ludicrous like you have to be like ludicrous to do it correctly and he does yeah. like the way like but you have to be able to play the ludicrousness straight yeah and like later in the movie like his hair gets more and more wild and like and he just like because he's got like a big comb over right yeah like, oh, big time <laughs> but like it's also interesting because like but he like bill murray's really good at playing kind of like an aloof kind of asshole but sometimes but he's not always like an actual villain or if he is like the whole point is him to transition transition out of that villainy and in this movie he doesn't like he like, intentionally gets woody harrelson's bowling hand removed in a ball return <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just a piece of shit like the whole time <laughs> yeah i love uh, kingpin we watched this at movie weekend last year that was the first time i'd seen yeah. it oh cool I'm looking at actually a side by side of Ernie McCracken and our. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, former president's hairdos side by side, <laughs> and they are the exact same. <laughs> nice. Have you seen uh, this one, Daniel? It probably when it came out. Yeah, I probably yeah. haven't seen it since then. It's so. it's worth a go back. Uh, my only advice is watch it uh, alone with your wife and make sure the kids are not around because it yeah. is. It's one of those movies that's not like there's I don't recall there being any like nudity, but it is intensely inappropriate and gross well, at times. It's it's Fairly Brothers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have the and I just I haven't returned to any of their movies. Like I don't know how they've aged. So yeah. most of them have not aged well. Like uh, <laughs> Stuck on You, not aged particularly well. Something one about that, Mary? Has yeah, that? not so much. That's okay. Yeah. But one that has definitely aged well is a movie called Outside Providence. That's okay. uh, it's like a coming of age tale about a, a kid from a working class neighborhood in Providence, Rhode Island, who ends up going to uh, like a ritzy boarding school. That one's yeah. actually still good and isn't isn't funny solely based on like weird, outdated, you know, chauvinistic bullshit right. like a lot of their movies. 
Well, and then it's weird because didn't they direct the Green Book? Yes, they did. Which I forgot is, about that. <laughs> which is just like such a like when when I started hearing about the Green Book, yeah, and you're right. they, I was just like, that's something's not right about this. And the the fact that it like rose up into the Oscars just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I think a lot of people were mad about that for a lot of reasons, and Fairly <laughs> Brothers probably would count. Well, and it won Best Picture, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting so confused by Best Picture because these days, and was so was that two years ago and Parasite was last year? Yeah. So yeah. it was, so if I'm remembering my years right, the Moonlight La La Land mix up was 16 into 17, right? Like, because they do it in the 17. Mm-hmm. And right. then Green Book, something happened between 17 Shape and 18. Shape of Water. Yeah, Shape of Water was the 17 okay. to 18. Then Green Book was 18 to 19. And then Parasite was the 19 to 20. Yeah, so in the last four years, we've had like weird like things that shouldn't be doing yeah. well. And then some surprises. and It's like the ping-ponging back and forth. Yeah. Like Moonlight was unquestionably the movie that should have won that year. But it didn't even get to really have its day because they like said it wrong. And then everybody right. was just talking about La La Land. And then Shape of Water was just weird. Yeah. And Green Book, I didn't even see, but there was all the backlash. Either. It just was like such a weird thing where like two out of those years, Parasite and Moonlight were movies that no nobody probably expected to win based on the way that they usually and vote. And then one of, the, one of those years, the Three Billboards movie, was that last year? That was the, a, cu- I think that was a couple years ago. That was the same was year as Shape of Water. Because that was another That one. was Shape of Water. Yeah, because that, that was like another one that I felt like got, you know, it's like surged and then got pushed back and it's just like. It's so weird to me as a, so again, I want to disclaim because I didn't see Green Book yeah, because I was so persuaded by the backlash to not see it. But Agreed. it was, in, it, so this is an unfair comparison. But what I will say is it's interesting to me that Green Book, the the way people kind of describe it is this like kind of odd uh, driving Miss Daisy sort of paternalistic racism that the Academy ultimately found palatable. And that's interesting (laughs) because the three billboards accusation was that it was a racist film because it redeems the Sam Rockwell character who is um, a racist in the film. But for my money, as somebody who is sensitive to this, like I'm not, you know, ignoring this. I, I actually care and I pay attention. Three Billboards was a deeply anti-racist and not at all racist movie. But what's interesting is that the Academy, it seems to me, cares more about the appearance of, well, this is a problem because it redeems a racist character. Therefore, we don't want to touch it because that's a complicated story. Whereas this movie much more actively contributes to problems of race in this country, <laughs> but at least it doesn't feel like it when you read the script. Yeah. So it's just, it was yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. The optics issue of it all. Yeah. How did we that get was here? Bill Murray. Bill Murray fa- did fairly, something. Fairly brother. Yeah. Yes, there we go. All right. That's so enough back for to King Bill Murray. Pin. Yeah. King, he so was great Ky- in Kingpin. <laughs> Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number five. Kyle. Kyle. Number five. Uh, okay. Now we're getting into like, it's like it's it's touchy up in this top five because he's got like five like at least five legendary roles so like i think i don't know because i number five i'm gonna go with caddyshack because i think even though it's like one of his more iconic roles like if you watch caddyshack 
Yeah, it's more or less like probably a little more than a cameo, but it's not like he has like a, a huge role in that movie. It's just like it's a bit role that's played so well that like a lot of people when they think of Caddyshack, they only think of it, which is kind of a Bill Murray thing to do is like hijack a movie because he's so good in a small role. Um, and I think Caddyshack is kind of like the epitome of that that style yeah, of performance five, from him. Five is actually right where I had it on my list. Yeah. Cause it's just, it is, it's like that's in part. And that was really one of the main movies why I asked at the beginning, like, yeah. is it a starring role or is it, you know, his performance, a movie with his performance? Cause yeah, it, you can't think of that movie without thinking of him. And, you know, as a kid who would see Caddyshack, like, on Super 18, like, on the Super channels, like, you know, Saturday afternoon with all the swears edited out, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, as a kid, you you know, like, I would see that movie and think of, like, oh, funny gopher puppet and, you know, Bill Murray acting weird. You know, that was, like, what was I was drawn to, not, you know, Chevy Chase or Rodney Dangerfield. So it is, it is like, a, a rememberable <laughs> Well, well, and, like, especially if you golf. Like, I feel like if you're golfing, like, there's a minimum of two Caddyshack quotes, like, any ni- <laughs> any nine holes. And they're usually Bill Murray quotes. Like, like, like hey, llama, you know, how about some, uh... <laughs> oh, there'll be no money. <laughs> but, like... See, as as a Daniel, I get a lot of be the ball. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, <like>. yeah. <laughs> when we're golfing. Those are the Caddyshack ones that I get a lot. That makes <laughs> That's sense. That's fair. I want to take a, a slight left turn on this because Kyle, I think I might want to officially incorporate this as our pro- part of our process for uh, films we discuss. You may recall a little thing I did where I mentioned the keywords that show up on IMDb. Oh, Remember, yeah. they were really disturbing. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Daniel. I don't know if you listened to I one did. of our recent I podcasts. Did. Yeah. So apparently, this continues because. When you look at the plot keywords for Caddyshack, and I'm reading this in order, okay? So this is importantly, like, in order of importance for how frequently they're tagged this way. Number one, white panties. Okay. (laughs) Number two, golf course. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Number three, nudity. Number four, public nudity. (laughs) (laughs) and number five girl in panties okay (laughs) so so and then there's more after that but of the top five uh phrases people on imdb have tagged this film with only one references golf you're you're making me feel dirty for using imdb (laughs) don't you feel really uncomfortable Don't you feel yeah, really uncomfortable? Like, very much. You cannot believe the disturbing underbelly of IMDb, and I intend to use my megaphone to amplify <laughs> the the CD underbelly because it's disturbing. Well, because I, I just actually just over break <laughs> started using IMDb to catalog more yeah. with my movie. That's Kyle's thing. Yeah, I know. I think I got it from Kyle on this podcast talking about it, and and I just like I started to be better about rating and creating lists on it and but now it's making me feel a little <laughs> a little dirty hey as long Just as don't you look tag at as long as you tag caddyshack with like golf funny bill murray gopher there's nothing yeah. to feel dirty about i haven't tagged anything yet so i can, okay I, you know we'll, we'll have to see when i go to tag things you know how i do that. we'll see we'll, we'll pay attention <laughs> to what resonated with you <laughs> yes apparently <laughs> So we're back around to four with me, right, then? You've got number four. Yeah. 
so now this is this is getting interesting. This is where I get a little nervous because yeah, the the generational thing. I mean, there's been a couple that you've brought in, which is great that you know weren't necessarily <laughs> in my list, but I kind of feel like the, I know what I think the top four should be, and I'm going to be sad if one of them doesn't make it. That's fun. So. That's kind of a fun place. It's a little nervy, but it's a fun place to be. You're making me yeah. nervous because, like, I feel like normally when we do this draft format, I'm like, all I care about when we get to the top like four or three is to like to get my favorite in. But my right. my primary mm. motivation now is to not disappoint you. No, like, <laughs> no, no, don't don't worry about that. I, I think that um, knowing that I have number one makes me feel a little safer. So that if yeah. Yeah. there's if if I feel like there's been a an injustice. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I can I can address it. So since since Kyle nailed what was my number five, I'm gonna just go down the list with my number four, which is where I put Lost in Translation. Oh so. no! Oh, <laughs> oh see, I was one. That was gonna be mine at number three. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not far off, at least. I know, but I wanted I, I now I gotta go back to the the drawing board because this is my this is my favorite Bill Murray role. It's a really good movie. I need to go visit it, revisit it again. It's been a while. I feel like it's stuff I've heard from like Sofia Coppola and like her cuz wasn't isn't the one role in there um isn't Scarlett Johansson's husband ba- supposed to supposedly based on the director Spike Jones? Oh. Sofia Coppola was with him. Yeah, she w- I didn't know that that was who she, it was based off of, but yes, I think I'm pretty sure you're right that they were in a relationship. Yeah, and so there's been stuff where I'm just like, I gotta go back and watch because I I like Spike Jones's movies and videos, yeah. but is he really that much of a? Because who is that? Giovanni Ribisi? Who it plays is. the? Yeah, and he's kind of a pompous ass. Yeah, like really high on himself. I love Giovanni Ribisi as a side note. <laughs> he's a great. He's, he's an excellent actor. He is. He is. Mike, you you are passionate about this movie. I feel like you should take the lead on talking no about no no you take the lead i just think bill murray is excellent in this film uh, this is one so the the movie the plot is just uh f- kind of like an aging actor who's kind of past his best days is gonna get a bunch of money to do i think it's a like a, a an ad of some sort yeah. in japan and he meets this uh beautiful young woman scarlett johansson and it's just about the two like very like, intensely lonely people spending time with each other this is one that I think other actors could have played. This is interesting because I think one of the themes of this list is that Bill Murray was like the best person to play such such a role. I think others could have played this, but it was a revelation to see that he could be this good in it, I think. Yeah, I think I feel like there's been times in his career where he's made a really intentional push to play something very serious. And I think we kind of talked about that and kind of show that he's got those chops. And, and it hasn't always it really hasn't landed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this was one where it's serious, but there's enough of a there's still a comedy aspect to it. And yeah. and just I mean, I think one thing that Bill Murray always like conveys to some extent, especially in his later career, is like a weariness, <laughs> but yeah. like a weariness and kind of like a sympathetic comedic way. And and um, totally. And that comes across and it, and it it works for this movie really well. So, did he get a nomination for this? I bet he did. I sort of feel like he did. I'm looking right now. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, he was nominated, yes. Yeah, but didn't yeah. win. No, so Sofia Coppola won for Best Original Screenplay. Cool. Kyle, so, have you seen this film? I somehow have not. Oh, this is oh one my that God. you should watch with Allegis, because there's, there's almost no question that she'll 
It's a really excellent movie. She'll you, like you it just sure. now need to lock yourself down for a Bill Murray day. Like I, yeah, I've got uh, well three now or four: Quick Change, Life Aquatic, Tenenbaums, and Lost in Translation. I actually, Damn. I have um, I have tomorrow off, so maybe I will just maybe that's just what I'll do with my day. <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a lot of Bill Murray. Yeah. Well, if you do, shoot me an email. Yeah. I'll have to hear. <laughs> So then we get to we can, the point in our show, right? We, let, are we going to do uh, honorable mentions? Let's or skip honorables we... so that we uh, we don't step okay. on anything. Does that yeah, make sense? No, that sounds good. Yeah. So we're back to Mike, right? Yeah. So I've yeah. got a I've got a problem here, which is that <laughs> which is that I have so there's actually one Bill Murray film that I should have seen and loved but I saw like one time on basic cable and I know it's in the top three. And then there's one that I have seen and, and liked, but it was a long time ago. And then I don't know what the other one is. So I'm now trying to play the game, but I'm trying to take one that I know the best so that I don't screw you guys out of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick the one that I saw the one time on basic cable and let you guys talk about it. Cause I know it's in the top three and I'm going to play it safe by getting it out of the way. All right. I'm picking groundhog day. Okay. All right. That's, that's so it's, I it's kind of like is, a, a sacrifice play by you here. I'm trying <laughs> to do right by the podcast. This is <laughs> weirdly. I saw this like one time on cable and I liked it, but I don't really like, it's a weird hole in my movie history, but I know it's top three. Wow. Yeah. Danny, yeah, I'm curious where as, you had I, it on yours. I had it as three. Okay. Okay. Perfect. That was what it felt right. So I, I I'm talk about it because I'm glad I'm glad I put it in the right <laughs> spot. Now I want you guys to take it. I mean, it's a it, to me, it's just a solid movie. I know some people really love it, like watch it yearly. I've definitely seen it a couple times. I think we just showed it to our kids this last year. Uh, it, you know, it, it's got some really good comedic moments, and then there is again the, the weariness of Bill Murray plays well into it of just like living the same day over and over again. I mean, it was an original concept at the time we were talking about Palm Springs before. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that like that idea has now been used a couple times. But yeah, I think just that, again, that like facing each day and running into the same people and just getting so fed up and then and then having that like realization that there were no rules and, you know, death didn't matter. And then like I, I like the phases of that movie where, you know, like it's almost, you know, phases of like acceptance and you know despair and just kind of going through kind of these different moments until he kind of finally realizes like to be happy what he can do with that day to be happy and he starts being really altruistic and and helping people and you know really getting to know people and kind of redeems himself by the end so i think that there's humor and there's pathos to it i don't know that's kind of my take so it's a solid movie i i'm i'm in the camp of people that watch this every year on groundhog day and it's my personal yeah. my personal like favorite bill murray movie and of my overall list of favorite movies this is probably in my top like 15 or 20 wow i didn't know that about you kyle i love groundhog day like like much more than the other like the people that surround me in my life like i'll watch it by myself <laughs> like i don't like this movie the first time i saw it like really really impacted me i think and i just i always get something out of it when i watch it like i just think it's a beautiful movie especially like in the middle to like late parts of the movie particularly the scene where 
like the whole sequence where he's trying to save that uh that homeless man from dying yeah like that like that is like such a like a beautiful kind of like impactful scene in a movie that is like is meant to make you feel things but like it's mostly funny right and i also think to, like bill murray's like incredible in this movie because of his his range like he's perfect because like we were talking about earlier like he plays an asshole really well like a very self-involved weatherman is like a funny character but he like goes through these paces and like you're right like it goes from elation to like apathy to like deep despair and he can do all three in like the span of 15 minutes in a movie and and it's just like really funny and it's a, like, yeah. an amazing concept so i love groundhog day i'm glad that it's gonna be in the top three awesome yeah beautiful okay uh, i think i know the top two then i think i've got an idea i'm curious <sighs> to see how this shakes out me too i've got two left on my list so i hope i don't fuck it up i think we must all have the same two We'll see. I I'm think, a little nervous. I <laughs> think this is the fun part of this. I think we got the same two. Because I've got I've got two that were higher up in the top ten that I could see making a surprise run. Hmm. But so Kyle. Suspense. <laughs> I'm going to pick stripes. Oh, oh wow okay that was not on my top the two i had left i thought so i thought that there might be a surprise yeah <laughs> this is this is, this is gonna be really weird this is gonna be so weird yeah i don't know i think i think stripes probably has aged probably pretty poorly i haven't seen it in a long time so that's part of it but i just remember like when i used to watch it a lot like i fucking loved it and like him i think like bill murray and john candy is just like this incredible combo um so maybe it's more of like i don't know maybe it's more the movie than than bill murray specifically that i loved but i don't know of the of the movies on this list i've seen stripes like probably more than all of them except like groundhog day i love it so <laughs> sorry so this is yeah this was one i just rewatched in the last year and it it did not hit me right mm. it really just, yeah I, I'm just like, I got to give this another chance. And I watched it and I was like, uh, it just didn't. It's pretty, it's pretty raunchy and it's like pretty childish at times. Like there's a lot of boobs in it, which like at the time, like I saw this in high school, so I was probably really into it, but, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe now I wouldn't as much, but I don't know. I, I've always thought this was like a really hilarious movie, but again, I haven't this, seen it. Maybe I need to This one it. to me. Is feels like less of a Bill Murray movie than some of the other ones to me. This is maybe just like a because for me, I th I think Harold Ramis is so funny and John Candy as well. So I'm like, I, this is feels like a little bit more of an ensemble movie than some of the others and a little bit less of a Bill Murray, but it also isn't like a funny Bill Murray cameo. So I feel like in his career on the list, it fits into a little bit of an interesting spot because it's more of a it feels to me at least. A little bit like Caddyshack, except Caddyshack, it's more of like that kooky, like he's just in a little bit kind of thing. Most of these movies, it seems like he either is carrying the movie alone or jumps in for a couple laughs and then gets out. Whereas this is a little bit more of like he's part of a traditional ensemble cast. Yeah, I think the thing I have trouble with with him in this is there's like there's this kind of like I'm a man child. I'm going to do whatever I want and everything's going to work out. You know, and, and I feel like that, 
that premise hasn't aged well mm. with kind of you know like yes you're a, a, a white man and, <laughs> yeah and you can you can make mistakes and fall upward and that's okay but had it been <laughs> somebody that's else a really good point. yeah <laughs> and so there's something about that like watching that maybe just within the last year with all that's been going on where it's like that shtick is not it, it isn't funny to me anymore you know, I actually just... completely agree with this, and I'm wondering, I'm trying to remember what movie I felt this about. Maybe it was old school or something. I've, I was watching a movie recently where I had that same feeling, where I was like, this is funny, but it's not as funny as it seemed to me a while ago. Like, grow up. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, You've put me in a really tough position. Well, I was... Yeah, I, But it's okay. I think, it's I, okay. I, think it's... I picked wrong, because in my mind, it was this movie and one other one, and I couldn't... The problem is oh, that see, I, I'm so curious because there's two, I think. I, I'm sure there's, there's, there's two. And, and I can tell you that I hate being put in this position because uh, it seems like I just it's going to leave. It seems like I just have a serious gap in my Bill Murray movie. Uh, the, no, it's, it's 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 OK. Do we has, has there? It's a draft. So we don't re-rank, right? No, nope. no, that's the you're going to fall where they may. I well, think I'm, gonna tell I'm you interested that, now because there's a there's a question about what is Daniel's favorite versus I think that there's a heavier skew towards a certain type of Bill Murray role that you could diversify with your pick, but what if it's not your favorite? Right. Well, oh. I'm, I'm telling you that um, I have to go with what is near and dear to. I don't want to get yelled at by my wife. Basically, <laughs> I know it. I know what your pick is. Then I'm certain I know it's, what your pick it's, is. It's it, number one is Rushmore. Yeah, okay. Is, that's that's what I was gonna say. It must be Rushmore but, and not. But Ghostbusters. it leaves it leaves Ghostbusters off the list, which was my number one when I put it together. So I it's a little weird to have Ghostbusters not on this list. I feel so ashamed because I figured you would pick no. Ghostbusters, and I just had you got painted into a you got painted into a corner, man. I guess. I, I I feel I, I feel queasy about this whole scenario. I wish I had if I I know that if I had seen Rushmore, I probably would have picked it. Also, I'm so dumb because I think you had said at the top of this podcast that you <laughs> I should have known. You mentioned that you had just showed your daughter Rushmore, so I should have known yeah. it would have been high, and I should have picked Ghostbusters. It's all my fault. It's okay. It's okay. But I got to go with Rushmore, yeah. um, even though in my own rankings I probably had it too right behind Ghostbusters. He just it. I mean, what a confident role for him and putting him against you know kind of in that in that position where he's you know squaring off against you know an, a high schooler for the <laughs> you know for the interests of you know of the, the you know the female love interest i mean it's just <laughs> it's just such an odd idea but he's you know kind of leans into the childishness enough that you know he <laughs> You know, he's up against Jason Schwartzman as Max Fisher. You know, Max Fisher is the, you know, the prep school student with the crush on the teacher, you know, convinces Bill Murray, who's kind of the rich guy in, in town, to help, you know, fund his quest to try to impress the teacher. And then <laughs> over the course of that, you know, Bill Murray falls in love with the teacher and they squabble and, and have very childish back and forth, like sabotaging each other's cars and bikes and, you know, all set to an amazing soundtrack. I think it's just like the little moments in that movie that push it over the edge for me with Bill Murray. There's like, there's the moment where that I've referenced so many times where like he's, he's driving in the car. He's got his, he's got these two twin sons, like redheads. I don't know if you remember that. And they're just, 
they're just jackasses and they're just they're little shits. Yeah, they're back talking to him and there's like one point where he's just driving and they they're like get your head out of your ass, dad. And he it's the fact that like he doesn't he waits a beat. He's like driving the car and as soon as they say that he doesn't react, he just like waits a beat and then he just violently like throws his arm into the back seat <laughs> to like try to like grab him or punch him. It's just like the timing of that. There's another scene that's just so dumb but I love and it kind of like again shows to like his character of being slightly childish where he's he's on the phone with with Jason Schwartzman with Max Fisher on a cell phone and he's walking through a playground with like these like 8-year-old kids playing basketball. And he just makes, like, he makes the, a beeline right as the kid's going to shoot and he just, like, stops yep. the kid violently. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, like, so, so random and funny that he just, like, you know, in the middle of a phone call, he's just gonna, like, totally, you know, stuff on this kid. And there's just, like, these little small beats and moments and, and, like, in his facial tics and, and his delivery of lines. And, and it's just, like, it wouldn't be the movie that it is without him. I was just going to say, it's kind of my wife and I, it's our, like, our number one movie. You know, we can go back to that at any point. I think the thing about this movie is that it's twofold. One, like you said perfectly there, all of the great things about the performance. But the second thing, which is also great, is that it gave us this partnership between Bill Murray and Wes Anderson that we've been able to enjoy for the last 20 years. For sure. Kyle's shaking his head. What's, I'm just, what's going through your mind, Kyle? I just, I'm, I, I'm, I just don't feel good about it. I wish I I wish I had seen this movie or knew more about it. That's all. Wait, so this is also on your not? Yeah, your list I haven't seen, seen it. Otherwise, so if oh Kyle, if you're if you're taking this away as homework, like take Daniel's <laughs> advice. This is the first one you should watch. All right. So I have this, and then Lost in Translation. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I learned there will, there will be a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is kind of funny. This is a little bit of a we've talked about in the past when Daniel came on some of our blind spots culturally. Kyle and I, you have the exact opposite. You and I have the exact opposite. Like, I'm like Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, uh, Caddyshack, like, exist for me. And I, you know, I've seen them, but like, you know, whatever. But I really like him in Rushmore and Lost in Translation, and those are your gaps. So I think we we lucked out that we didn't overlap. I, I guess so. I, I just thought that, like, the way you were kind of like, worried about us missing something that might have been before our time it sounds like you were talking about rushmore but i but was like kind of getting the hint that you were meaning stripes because like i think to me like to me stripes is more of like a i don't know it's not as wildly popular i'm sorry i'm sorry i psyched you out on that yeah damn it that's all right i was actually where i thought he got psyched into drafting (laughs) the wrong guy well the the place where i thought maybe things would end up like and again i just don't like there's movies that just didn't like fully hit with me but like different you know groups yeah you know, it's hit with other people i didn't like what about bob and scrooged like those were two that i didn't know if like one of you would just have some yeah like i was know, curious if you were going to throw scrooged on i had like a weird feeling you were going to be like oh i love scrooged i don't love it but it's it's definitely like it did it did make my list like it was one of the ones kind of in the upper end that if i needed to like if if I felt like it, I would have thrown it in there. But if it washed out of the list, I wasn't sad. Yeah. So so should we hit honorable mentions then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's this little movie called Ghostbusters, Kyle. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> that's the thing. I, that's the thing. As I fucking love Ghostbusters. <laughs> I can fucking love it. I thought it was going to be we ac- <laughs> Fuck. We actually did back in October. There's like a, some of the movie theaters. I can't remember. You know, you can like rent out the whole theater for. Yeah. 
like a reasonable amount of money. And so we got a bunch of, I think you could get 20 people was the max. And so we got, you know, like a bunch of our friends and our kids and we went and got and watched Ghostbusters in the theater. And that That's was like, awesome. so cool. Yeah. And you, you have like the theater to yourself and they, you know, I don't know if they're doing it anymore. I, you know, I'm sad. I hope theaters don't die through this whole mess. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, we've seen it often and recently and, but yeah, it, <laughs> you know, again, it's like the little moments of that movie that just <laughs> always, you know, get me every time. I, the other ones that I had, like Zombieland, like cameos were kind of the things yeah. that were making my honorable, um, or, you know, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs, where he's doing a voice. And he was Wes great. Anderson His voice that. was great in Isle of Dogs. I really liked that. And, uh, well, yeah. we just talked about how great he was in The Jungle Book as Baloo. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah, considering, like, at the early end, if things went a little wonky, Jungle Book was going to be something I was considering throwing in there. It's a great one. Another one that is, it's pretty much my favorite uh, Tim Burton movie is Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know if you have seen not seen. I, I have not seen that. That's the Johnny Depp one, right? Johnny Depp, yeah, as Ed Wood. And I, we just watched with my kids. We just watched um, Edward Scissorhands, and and there's a like there's a parallel there to understand, which is, um, you know, in Edward Scissorhands, he used Vincent Price, who was somebody that had been Tim Burton had been his, you know, one of his idols in the in movies that had kind of declined in his later years and wasn't getting roles. And, you know, Edward was, I mean, uh, Edward Scissorhands was kind of this moment where, you know, Tim Burton could push Vincent Price in front of a bigger audience and, and get him some attention. And, and then Ed Wood is the main thrust of Ed Wood is, you know, this guy who wants to be the next, you know, he, he, he wants to be this great auteur and he's, you know, and it's a true story based on a guy that made, you know, plan nine from outer space, like these horrible schlocky sci-fi movies, but he thought he was making real cinema and he gets, he gets Bella Lugosi oh, wow. to like be the person in these movies that like tries to, you know, and Bella Lugosi is like washed up, you know, bitter old man who is, you know, uh, uh, you know, doing heroin and, you know, oh, and wow. just like really at the end of his career and end of his life. And Ed Wood believes in him and pushes him into this role. And, uh, Martin Landau played Bella Lugosi and I think got an Oscar for it. But, but, but Bill Murray is, um, just the side character that's, um, Bunny Breckenwith is, I think is his character's name. He's got the Bunny best character names. Yeah. And, and he's just, like he's just a hanger on like he is in other movies but it's he's just he he you know again kind of lights up the 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 moments that he's in so that's that's on my list he has a good cameo like again all the uh wes anderson grand budapest hotel he has a good cameo in that yeah um so there's that's kind of where i want to anything you guys want to add uh he has a fantastic role in a uh a small movie called Osmosis Jones. <laughs> I was hoping Osmosis Jones would come up. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, and another Farrelly Brothers movie, if I'm not mistaken. I think the live action parts were wait for real. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's kind of funny. Yes, I've just googled that. I just searched this. Yes, isn't there like a lot of gross out humor with the live the action bits? Oh, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of gross. <laughs> 
Ugh. It's kind of a gross movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of indigestion. I think my I think my kids have like I think it has like a weird like a weird lifespan just because of the cartoon element that Well and there was it's a TV a, show. It's a good so. movie. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you sure of that's like a good movie? Or it's just <laughs> It's a fun movie. <laughs> it's watchable and fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh what else? I think that's like every Bill Murray movie I've seen, we at least mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that I have scene that we didn't mention great well so then do we recap yeah i guess we just Please recap. Do. so in number 10 we had quick change uh number nine life aquatic number eight space jam uh number seven royal tenenbaums number six kingpin uh number five caddyshack number four lost in translation Number three, Groundhog Day. I see Kyle just starting to shake his head as we get to the last three. Number two, Stripes. And number one, Rushmore. Wow. People will be... What a great I, I'm, list. I'm assuming you're going to get some 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 uh, emails or... or I, I hope I do. People. I deserve it. I, uh, I, but I guess, like, as shitty as it feels, like, this is also kind of the appeal of doing a draft-style list. Yeah. Like... There's like this is part of the inherent kind of risk of it, uh, is what I'll say. <laughs> to be it. fair though, Kyle, you you actually showed some backbone and picked with your heart, whereas yeah. I totally copped out and picked a movie that I knew would be there, but that I have no real relationship. I should have. So I <laughs> you you deserve credit for going for it at least. I should have. It's not like I would be playing it safe by going with Ghostbusters and like because I because I love Ghostbusters. I just thought, like, <laughs> I stop. love Ghostbusters. It's whatever. This is. It was still. It was. I still had a blast doing it, and I yeah. still always. I still always love when uh, Daniel comes on. I always look forward yeah. to it. So thank you for and doing this. It's a good time to extend the invitation to any next episodes you have in your head because we love to have you again. And I love the draft format with you. You're a good drafter. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was I I I enjoyed listening to the one with your dad that that was a fun episode. So That was fun. And that was one where maybe, you know, maybe lessons learned for drafting is you know, <laughs> that was one where there's there's maybe, you know, a, more debate over clear winners. <clears throat> yeah. And and so you're not you're not ending up feeling like Poor Kyle with egg on his face for leaving. <laughs> it really wasn't your fault. We you know, no. we just built it together. We we got this a is a team effort. Yep. Well, thank you again, Daniel. This is normally the part of the podcast where we do other thank yous. So I will thank Kevin McLeod for his expertly queued up, not top three music and the intro music, um, that is so stanky. It's all stanky. So thank you, Kevin. And I always thank my sister Erin for her artwork, which you have seen if you are listening to this podcast now. Uh, it's really good. And if you want to see more of Erin's work, obviously Saint Design on Instagram is the place to do that. And now is a good time to thank our delightful social media director, my wife, Caroline Labranti Giuliano, uh, which uh, I don't know. I don't, now I, I don't know. Our names are just out there now. Um, we were trying to protect ourselves from all of our rabid fans, but um, luckily all of our rabid fans already know our home addresses. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> at any rate, thank you to her for her great social media direction. You can find the stuff she does for us on our Instagram page at top10km with the 10 spelled out T-E-N. Check out our Facebook group, Top 10 with Kyle and Mike on Facebook. 
Uh, if you want to send us an email, she does not manage the email. We do. Uh, and you want to tell us we suck. Great. More Daniel, less us. Uh, shoot us an email, top10km at gmail.com. 10 also spelled out T-E-N. And finally, while I'm sure you're listening to us on some sort of podcast app, if you're looking for another one, you can check us out on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So Kyle, so delightful guest host, Daniel. That is what I have to say. Awesome. Great. That was fun, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thank nice you. Work. See ya. Take care. Peace.